0: I want to welcome you to Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching young adults in our world today. I'm going to toss it over to our hosts, Micah and Josiah Keneally.
1: Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we dive into today's episode, we want to share something exciting with our Young Adults Today fam. On March 4th and 5th, 2022, we will be having our third annual conference, so we want to invite you and your team in person this year to Minneapolis, Minnesota for this opportunity as leaders to rally together with other Young Adult Ministry leaders from across the country. You can find out more details and register today at www.youngadults.today. Now for today's episode. What's up, guys? We hope you're feeling alive right now. I'm Josiah Keneally. And
0: And I'm Mikey Keneally.
1: And we are your hosts today with Young Adults Today podcast, where we talk about reaching the next generation in our world today. So however you're watching or listening, whether it's on YouTube or subscribe to the podcast, we just want to say it's a joy to come into your homes, your car stereos, your workout spaces. And uh, thank you for subscribing, rating, and reviewing this show. It helps us reach more leaders with the message of Young Adults Today and um, new episodes drop every Monday. And what do we got today, babe?
0: Well, today we have one of our special friends and guests. So Pastor John Brown is joining us. Pastor John, how are you today?
2: Doing well today. It's a good day. It is every day. to be today. with you guys.
0: <laughs> awesome. Well, we are thrilled <laughs> to have you. For those of you who do not know John Brown, he is a Next Gen Executive Pastor at Journey Church in Kenosha, Wisconsin. So for those of you who aren't football fans, are you a football fan?
2: He's a Viking fan. I'm a Minnesota Vikings fan. What? Oh, Oh my gosh. (laughs) I
0: should have saved that for five and five.
2: (laughs) (laughs) My wife is a Packers fan, so you can imagine our home, and we're right on the border of Illinois. So we have half of our church is Bears fans, half of our church is Packers fans, and then there's you, and then there's me. I'm actually an ally for a whole a bunch of people around party? here. <laughs> yes, if there, if that, if that could happen with Vikings and Packers fans, it can happen here.
0: Oh my gosh! So well, we are thrilled to have you. How about you start off by sharing a little bit of your story and journey, uh, through life and leadership, with us and our listeners today?
2: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, for me. Um, I grew up in a home where my parents got married super young. Uh, they were not following Jesus at the time of their um, getting married. So around 17, 18, but they had me super young as well. 18, 19 years of age, they got pregnant with me. And so they found Jesus through some incredible people that kept and neighbors that kept inviting them to church. So they went to some revival meetings. And then they got filled with the Holy Spirit um, through Wilmer Assembly of God, some friends that they were uh, just a part of like a, a full gospel businessman organization. So they, they really got plugged into um, the church in the cities after they moved there when I was around five. And so I'm in, in that sense, in some ways, I'm a first generation Christian, although my dad have, did have some Christian roots and um, grew up at a great church. Um, in Maple Grove, and um, smaller church. I did. I w- I would say the way I describe myself, I'm a small town kid uh, from a small town church. Even though Maple Grove isn't small town anymore, and I didn't really have a lot. I don't have like a great menis- ministry pedigree. My my parents were super volunteers. Uh, my youth pastor ended up going to prison uh, while I was in college, so I don't have like this awesome story of mentorship. So me as a young leader was just simply following the call of God on my life, um, running from it for a time in high school, not running from God, but running from my calling. And then going to North Central University, kind of feeling like, I, you know, if you can use anyone, Lord, you can use me, If you, anyone who's old enough to remember that song. But that, I was just, I was a nobody, um, but I had some people that believed in me. Um, some leaders that saw something in me. Absolutely. One of them is Darren Poley, who you would know, Josiah. Um, He just saw something in me um, and called it out and said he wanted to invest in me. And that was my first, probably the first person in my life when I was going into my junior year of college that really took the time to see something in myself and invest in me in a way that I didn't see it in myself. I didn't, I didn't have a low self-esteem. I wasn't, you know, this kid that was hiding out in the background. I wasn't quiet. I had, I had energy and I had a passion, but it was, it was his investment into me that really catapulted me into going, okay, there's more. And this is what mentorship looks like. This is what leadership, someone speaking life over you looks like. There's several others. Nate Roosh is one of them. Um, saw something in me as a young youth pastor and took time to mentor me along with the other crew for a couple of years and Jeannie Mayo. But that really has given me a passion. My story um, is one that is is noticing leaders being a Samuel to the Davids, right? It took Samuel yeah. hearing the voice of the Holy Spirit and listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit to not look at the outward appearance, but to look at the heart. Um, I, I have a passion for that in noticing leaders because we're in tune with the voice of the Holy Spirit, calling out greatness in them, cheering them on and being a voice in their lives um, because that's part of my story. So I'm crazy passionate about that, especially with young leaders. And I'm so grateful for the people that took the time to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit and invest in me. And my, my prayer has changed over the last maybe 10 years. Um, just celebrating 20 years in ministry at Journey Church in Kenosha. Wow. i wow. um, so, so thankful. First and only place my wife and I have been. We have three girls, um, raising them to love Jesus. Um, passionate about uh, women in ministry because I have three young women in my life that I'm raising that I, uh, I want to be a door opener for young women in leadership because I want someone to do the same for, for my girls as well. Um, and one of them, our oldest, feels a calling to missions, so um, a little bit of, of a snapshot of our story, um, being 20 years here, our prayer has changed from being David, who killed giants, who slayed giants, like God used me, to God make us Samuels, to the Davids, that see potential in people, that call it out, that listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, and that come alongside of people, and cheer them on, so I love doing that, that's a big part of the reason why we stayed here for 20 years, because when you stay someplace for a long period of time, you get to know people, you get to be a part of their story and their journey from very young ages into their calling and their leadership and uh, giving them opportunities and encouraging them. So, yeah, that, oh that would be gosh. a snapshot of our story.
1: I love your story, Pastor John, and your story is one of faithfulness and consistency and legacy and mm-hmm. congratulations on that accomplishment of 20 years. That is in today's gig economy, in whether mm-hmm. it's in the marketplace, um, entrepreneurship, ministry, people just aren't sticking with things very long. And so I think that speaks to your character right. and your family and just your theology and philosophy of ministry of longevity. And, uh, our paths crossed when I was a young leader, I think they might've crossed briefly when I was like a youth student at Cedar Valley church. But then where I actually first remember you is when I was a North central student, you started a conference, um, for youth pastors and they could bring their mentee.
2: Yep.
1: And Brent Silkey was one of the people who believed in me when I was gosh, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. And he brought me to that conference. And um, there's been mm-hmm. people just, just like, you know, you had Darren Foley and Nate Roosh. There's been those people as well as I think of Jerry Stranquist anytime I think of somebody who believed in me and you've had that too. And our hope for the listener is that you have those people and that you honor them and maybe you have them, maybe you don't, but we get to do the same for others. Right. And mm-hmm. so having a conversation about young leaders and I boiled it down to for this conversation, kind of like health and habits. And I know those are two things that you're really passionate about, And um, if you're open to this, um, John, like you and your wife have had an absolute total health transformation, and this impacts your life, your marriage, your family, your ministry. Are you willing to share some about that?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you asking. And if I may just take a quick second for those of you who are listening, that maybe you felt you feel like God hasn't blessed you with a mentor and you're longing for that. Number one, I think God's stirring that in your heart for a reason, because uh, I would turn that into a prayer request. Make that a matter of prayer. Exactly. I was in your shoes. I mean, I was 21 when I really found, stumbled upon my first mentor. I was praying for it. I was needing someone to believe in me. So I believe in the power of prayer. So make that a prayer request to God. But secondly, I, I also teach our teams, chase that. If you, as you begin to pray for what you're looking for in a mentor, most people are not going to receive a mentor because someone just comes into their life. I I happen to have that happen to be part of of my story, but look for people that are doing what you want to do. People that you admire, respect in certain areas and ask to take them out to coffee. You don't have to turn them into your lifelong mentor from that moment on. They might, you might meet with them once and go, they're not really a great mentor for me, but maybe that one coffee was worth. In their coffee, and I got some great nuggets. But through that, watch what God could do. And I would just encourage you to to make it a matter of prayer. And number two, um, to ask some people to take them out to coffee and see what God could do through that. So, just want to encourage those of you who might be feeling like, "Hey, I'd like someone to come into my life like that," right? So, uh, in regards to our health journey, um, I, man, what a story it's been. I I went through twenty three years of ulcerative colitis in and out of the hospital, um, that's a big part of our ministry story, pain, struggle, um, hospitalizations, the doctors telling me it was not a matter of if we, I got cancer, but when I got cancer, it was, it was quite the journey, wow. but it shaped me in the leader that God has made me to be. I came out of that season, uh, five surgeries in one year, where I told God, I'm going to take better care of my body. Because I have a new lease on life, I promised them that, laying flat on my back in the hospital room. The problem was I didn't make good on my promise. I don't know if there's anyone else listening to this that you promised God things that you just did not do well. But and I'm new like, Year's yeah.
0: resolution. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, exactly, right. We've all done that and 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 feel terrible because of it. But I I came out of that having a brand new stomach. Right, they they shortened my upper intestine, or they pulled my upper intestine down, took out my whole lower intestine. It was quite the process, and I don't need to get into those details. Um, too many details, but I call it my semicolon now. And so, uh, bad dad jokes, but I that that new stomach, that new I, I no longer have a disease. I can eat whatever I want to, and I enjoyed eating whatever I wanted to for multiple years. <laughs> And because I no longer had this this, um, stomach condition and this upset stomach all the time, um, and I'm eating whatever I want to, I gained weight, quite a bit of it. And uh, I did not take care of the temple that God had given me and the new lease on life that I had. And there was a point that my wife and I looked at each other after trying multiple different things from working CrossFit to keto and all sorts of things. We just said, what we've been doing isn't been working. And uh, we reached out to some friends that were health coaches and also in ministry. And we said, hey, whatever it is that you guys are doing, it seems to be working and helping people. Would you help us? We need a coach. Sometimes it's just a matter of sucking your pride and going, hey, I can't do this, right? (laughs) And so we we just did that. That's all we did. And that was three years ago. And um, I never would have thought that our journey to getting healthy would lead towards us helping others do the same but that's been a part of it. My wife lost 87 pounds and, uh, phenomenal. She's the real MVP. And, um, I lost 26 pounds. And in the process of losing the weight, we realized that we were inspiring people. You know, you can't hide that. We, we wanted to be really private with our journey and just, you know, just wanted to get healthy, but people started going, okay, what are you guys doing? You look younger. Like wh- what, what's the secret sauce? And we're like, well, you know, we just, I got hired a health coach and just eating better. And oh, we want to join you. And we're like, okay, well <laughs> come join us. And and then we had them asking us if we would coach them with what we were doing. And so we, okay, well it's family and friends. Like how selfish would we be to keep that to ourselves? Right. Wow. right. It's good news. This is, this has been great for us. So we just started with helping a few people and it's turned into a big passion of ours alongside a ministry. We love helping people get healthy, not just physically, but we love helping people get healthy spiritually right. and mentally. And they all are connected. Yep. Would you yeah. would you know it? Right? We yep. we do know this, but like you can't separate body, mind, and spirit. Like they're all intertwined. You we try and segment them as human beings, but you cannot segment them. When you get healthy in your body, it automatically causes you want to, to want to get healthy spiritually like they're right. all so intertwined my spiritual disciplines and you asked that question about disciplines and habits those all went through the roof as I started taking care of this temple that God had given us and so a lot of what we do is we help young leaders in this area a lot of pastors mm-hmm. um, because pastors and leaders are so busy taking care of others wow they're so busy feeding others you've Maybe heard the analogy of the starving baker from Tim Elmore—that yep. story. Mm-hmm. Well, they're so busy taking care of the needs of others that they neglect themselves, mm-hmm. right? Spiritually, but also physically, and that's why we have a lot of overweight pastors and pastors that don't know how to take care of themselves. There, and so it's a joy to come alongside of leaders and pastors in this area and really help them mm-hmm. to to tackle an area. We, we just try and give them training wheels. Here's some training wheels. Um, to help you kind of take your next step in in getting healthier. And it's such a joy because it it translates into being better dads and being better wives and being better husbands, moms, and leaders taking care of the people that you're taking care of better. So it's been a huge joy on the habit side of things when it comes to health and wellness and eating better and feeling your body better. So it's been quite the journey three years later, mind blowing. The, the people that we've gotten to help, even some mentors of ours that have mentored important to us now helping them in this area and giving back. So wow. such a I joy. Love
0: it. I love it. Pastor John, thank you for sharing that and going there. I know um, that all those things are connected and that God has given us a temple and a body to, to utilize for his kingdom. And our bodies is the means of how we get from point A to point B. I mean, this is how we get around, This is how we mm-hmm. live life and, what we put in our body truly is demonstrated as, you know, inwardly and outwardly of what can happen if we're not disciplined in those areas. And we've, we've, we've seen it. We've experienced those things. Um, I know Josiah's been on a, a health journey, unintentionally, you yeah. know, losing weight, just wanted to make healthier choices. And people look at him and they're like, you look like a different person. So mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and John,
1: does. we, and we yeah, were in we, we were in Nashville and um, I shared this story with you that Um, I think I used to just eat what everyone ate and, you know, eat out a lot in ministry and drink energy drinks or pop or whatever. And um, there came a moment shortly after we got married, where a health coach said to me, he said, um, stop looking at what you eat as pleasure and start looking at it as fuel for your body. Mm-hmm. And that yeah. one shift, that one mm-hmm. statement, um, I don't often share, like I've never shared it on the podcast, but you guys went there. So I'll share, <laughs> I have for probably about three and a half years, um, done intermittent fasting just about every day where I have a giant green smoothie for lunch. And then I eat what we, we have an exciting dinner tonight, uh, favorite recipe for, from some friends, but, that has uh, resulted in about 25 30 pounds that I'm not carrying anymore Mm -hmm. and I've kept it off and so there's some people I used to work with in my last role that hadn't seen me in about
0: maybe couple
1: (laughs) years of the pandemic (laughs) and uh, Mm -hmm. two three years and it's a husband and a wife and I saw them both separately and they go Josiah you've lost weight like I barely recognized you and I'm Mm -hmm. like are you like, what are you talking about? I'm, I've weighed the same since 2018. And then I did, I went back through all my iPhone photos <laughs> And I looked at what I looked like in 2017. And then I looked at a more recent like 2021 mm-hmm. at the time we're recording this in December 2021. And I couldn't believe the transformation in my own like neck
0: and face, face
1: mm-hmm. and jaw. And I I showed them to you, Micah. <laughs> what did you say?
0: I don't remember what I said.
1: But <laughs> what did yeah. I
0: say?
1: Well, I like don't Photoshop even
0: Photoshop you. No. <laughs> but it's it's just
1: um I pray this for our leaders that like whether it's you, John, or others that just finding, um, if health is something that you're wanting Mm -hmm. to pursue physically or emotionally or mentally, like our daughter, she is three months old and she just rolled over for the first time. And I believe we are born to do hard things, rolling. Mm -hmm. It's hard. (laughs) It's hard work. She's like kicking and Rolling, and we just gotta keep <laughs> doing hard things and not
2: settle. So that's my health journey.
0: That's good. That's good. Thanks for. I sharing. love that.
2: You're inspiring, Micah. I'm sorry, Josiah. <laughs> Very inspiring. Both of you are inspiring. But your journey, when we talked yeah. about that, yeah, uh, in Nashville. Yep. Just what what have you been doing? It people, I think we love stories like that. It's fun to cheer people on in that because. You've shown people a picture of what's possible. Mm -hmm. If if you can do it, anyone can do it. If I can do it, those of you who are listening or watching, you can do it. If my wife can do it, you can do it. She didn't even, she had never even touched a vegetable in her life before she started her health journey. Wow. She watched YouTube videos on how to trick your brain into eating vegetables (laughs) (laughs) because she was that serious about getting this right. So if she can do it, anybody can do it truly. And I do agree with you, Josiah, we are born to do hard things. So
0: good. Well, thank you for going there, you guys. And just keeping in mind, like our body's a temple, like we are supposed to, we are, we choose like, what we put into our body. And it also has to do with the spiritual side that you had already briefly touched on, Pastor John, and just the soul care. We work with a lot of young adults who are stressed out and anxious, but also for the listener uh, who are leaders, who are pastors, who are experiencing high levels of stress or anxiety or just burnout, essentially, Definitely. maybe in a role. Yeah. And a lot of that can be pointed back to not taking care of your soul, the spiritual journey that God has mm-hmm. you on. You've put it on. The shelf, you've you've put other people first. You've said yes to something else instead of yes to what God's um, beckoning your heart towards, and that's probably the word of God. But we saw you share on social media recently, like literally recently, very
1: recent, yeah. And
0: uh, so we saw that you and uh, take a soul day, a soul care day. Um, so can you just take us there with you? Like, what does that mean? What does that look like? How can you encourage the listener to and be us. challenged to, well, we're listening to, so yes. yeah. Yes. And <laughs> to, um to lean into that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, you guys absolutely nailed it. These are the two subjects I love talking a lot about <laughs> along with leadership and Jesus. So um, thank you for, for asking these questions, because it is a joy and privilege to talk about, and specifically with young leaders. I wish that I could talk about both of these areas. I think sometimes when we listen to podcasts, we think, oh, man, that person's amazing, and they just ooze this naturally. And maybe there's leaders out there that ooze these kind of things naturally, but both of these that that you're asking me to talk about, both with health and now with soul care, are born out of my own failures, mistakes, and pain. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. I, I, I got passionate about health because I was failing in that area because I failed to take care of the the gift that God had given me, and the same with soul care. I am a pedal to the metal kind of a personality. I love to work hard. I'm passionate about what I do. I could give. You know, it runs kind of in our family. Um, workaholism. We work, work hard, run hard, play hard you know, rest hard, all the things. Um, And so that is my kind of natural tendency. So because of that, I found myself, especially in the, in the height of the health stuff and the hospitalizations, I was ready to write a resignation letter. I was burnt out. I was exhausted. Probably a lot of the reason my body was failing wasn't just because of the ulcerative colitis, but because of the stress in my life. And so I had a a resignation letter ready to be written and really had to come to grips with, I was in charge of a lot of that. I was, I was the reason why a lot of the burnout was there and I had to find healthier rhythms of soul care. What does that mean? What does that look like? And um, through some conversations with friends who were practicing Sabbath in their life and John Mark Comer's books, if you haven't picked those up, are phenomenal. Yes. I highly recommend The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, which I just I feel like this is an audience that I could admit my shortcomings to. I read The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry now twice. The first time though, I read it quickly, really fast. Yeah. I feel very convicted by that now and I can laugh about it, but I I felt I, I felt like I could admit that here. Terrible. I know, but it shows the hurry that's in my life. And so I, I share all of that to just let you know, if you feel like, you know, Hey, you know, as I'm starting to share some of these things that I'm doing with soul care, don't compare your chapter one in this area to my chapter 20. Wow, You don't know the battles I've gone through. You don't know the failures that I've had. This is coming out of my pain that this is a passion of my life now. So I have some rhythms that I have implemented in my life as a result of my own failure to slow down um, and these rhythms are, are, soul care rhythms. Soul care, um, caring for your soul. Judah Smith calls this the this. He says this the home is most or the soul is most at home when it returns to God. So soul care is essentially helping your soul to return to God. It's, it's spending to soul care is not going to the spa. I mean, people take pictures and and at the, you know, they're drinking coffee with their book and they're saying soul care, or they're going to the spa and saying soul care, or they're at a beach and saying soul care. I think those things are good. We should do those. They're great for us. We should have more of those. Um, But that isn't soul care. Soul care is your soul returning home, returning to God. I love it. So. I think that's an important piece to recognize when it comes to soul care um, so that you understand that in order to truly take care of your soul, you need to help it regularly return to God. So I have a, a, a rhythm in my life of 365 days a year. I take time in the morning as part of my morning routine, which I love talking about morning routines as well. I think that's such an important part, the start of your day but I'm returning to God. I'm slowing down. I roll out of bed and I roll onto my knees and I spend time just humbling myself saying, God, thank you for this day. Um, thank you for another opportunity to love people. Well, give me humility, help me to slow down and be humble. Help me to notice people. Help me to love people really well. Help me to love my wife and my kids. Help me to be, have the fruits of the spirit today. Cause I didn't have so many of those yesterday, you know, just even the confession piece, but I'm returning to God. And then I'm I'm doing with a group of next gen leaders a study through a, a lot of it right now is through First and Second Samuel and reading a lot on the life of David and um, I'm returning to God I'm 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 allowing the Word not just to I'm not just reading it but I'm allowing it allowing it to read me and I'm allowing God to speak to me through that journaling has really helped me to slow down with that as well so 365 days a year I am starting my morning off returning to God and then 52 times a year I'm Sabbathing a full 20 hour 24 hour Sabbath and now I don't get that right all the time either right now we're in a season of volleyball and my Sabbath needs to look like and you know once I drop the kids off from school to when I pick them up my wife and I are putting our cell phones away we're not consuming Um, we're as John Mark Comer says uh, Sabbath comes from the root word shabbat the hebrew yeah. word shabbat which means to stop to rest to worship and to delight those four things it's that if you unpack that word it, it means all of those things so we we do a whole lot of stopping we take naps we rest we sleep in we take give take turns giving each other an opportunity to, to sleep in we spend more time with god and in worship and, and time in his word and then we're delighting we're doing we're hobbying. we're doing more of what we love we should hobby more. Come on, somebody, right? We need more That's time right. to do that. And as a dad of three girls, I realized as I was reading that book, uh, what are my hobbies? My hobbies are my family, my wife, my kids. Like, what are my hobbies? What do I enjoy? I had to rediscover what I enjoy doing. Maybe after twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one, you need to rediscover what your hobbies are because you don't even yeah, know right. what those are. So you're listening to this and you're going, "Hey, I, I don't even know what I delight in doing." You need to get back to delighting. So Sabbath is not a drag it's not just sitting there like a monk chanting sabbathing is like (laughs) doing stuff you love and enjoy and not shopping therapy that's for other days of the week um it's it's really a day to slow down and go back to your roots and and putting our cell phones away and just reconnecting with each other i I read fiction again i haven't done that in forever i realize how much i enjoy that so those are some things that we do in our sabbath and i do that 52 times a year and, um, and then soul care days quarterly, our pastor carves out time to take a full day to go through and he creates the guides and I can give you, um, I think about a 12 ish soul care guides. If you go to jrnychurch.com slash soul, and I'm sure you guys can put that in the yeah, show notes.
1: Yeah, we can. We'll link it.
2: Um, and you can download those guides. Um, and we take a full day, full eight hours, and I go to like my favorite coffee shop or somewhere by the water, uh, depending on the time of year and, uh, our nature. And I just, um, get real honest with myself and with God. And I dig into the word of God. Our pastor has created those for us. Thankfully, we found a way to share them with you. Um, but it's really just a way for me to return to God. And it's, it's extended time, um, to do that. And then we download with someone on our team about what God's speaking to us. We share some of those real honest thoughts and where we need to grow. And then, um, once a year we do a silent prayer retreat for three days straight. And, uh, that's, I thought that was going to be brutal because I'm a, an extrovert. I love people. So not talking to anyone for three days straight sounded brutal, but it's been incredible. So those are part of my soul care rhythms. I've actually even been talking to one of my friends um, that's on the team here about increasing that soul care day, at least a four hour period or an eight hour period where I'm doing that once a month instead of four times a year. So I show up better when I do, when I care for my soul, like I'm supposed to, let me say it this way. More fruits of the spirit come out of my life, right? I'm a little more patient when I'm caring for my soul. I'm a a lot more loving when I'm caring for my soul. I'm a lot more kind and gentle when I'm caring for my soul. I I don't like who I am when I'm not caring for my soul. I can tell if I've missed a soul care day. It's like going from eating healthy to all of a sudden, you know, I'm going to have a cheap meal or I'm going to eat something healthy. I feel it. I feel gross. I don't feel... I don't feel energized. I feel sluggish. I feel the same way when I don't care for my soul. If I miss a Sabbath day for life for a reason that maybe is beyond my control. So that shows you how much God has created us. In fact, he's commanded the Sabbath. It's the one, the very, the one and only 10 commandment that has a whole description behind it gives a whole explanation. And it's the one that we break the most. I mean, we understand and we get don't murder thou shalt not murder or don't commit adultery. But for some reason, it's like the accept- acceptable Christian sin to escape the Sabbath. Yeah, And so I just have gotten convicted about that. And I've realized how much my soul needs it. And when I do return to God regularly, how much more I can show up as the person that I'm created to be and the person that I love. I love being that version of me when I'm spending time with God and returning to him. So If you maybe feel yourself feel a little bit ragged, a little less patient, a little less kind, a little less loving, maybe this is the encouragement you need to begin to at least take the baby steps into exploring what this could look like for your health, your healthy rhythms of life. I didn't start here. I started with trying a four-hour experiment of Sabbathing and saw what that was like and if I could make that happen. So take a baby step and just start somewhere. Don't have to jump all the way in and have to have all of these habits and rhythms in your life, but start somewhere.
1: John, I love that you went there and especially too, like, I didn't know you had your resignation letter written Mm -hmm. or like ready to go. Like, I didn't know that that was part of your journey. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think for me, I'm rediscovering as a new young dad, Mm -hmm. what, what does Sabbath look like as now a spouse and a parent because a day off, like I I'm, I'm rediscovering days off are just different. So are there ways that I can bless Micah and she can bless me and we can minister to each other, even by getting that alone time, or that's why I really wanted to know about the soul care day and excited to check out the guide and excited to share that with other young leaders as well. And I'll just share two quick things that on our journey since our second daughter was born. So this is real time, like the past three months. I love technology and enjoy social media. And um, I've just done two things with it. One, I think I'm too tethered at times. And Michael will tell me that I'm too tethered. And it's a helpful (laughs) reminder and a voice that I value above the other voices on social. And um, so I've been trying like a tech-free date night and that's been really great. And then the other thing, I used to keep my phone in our bedroom at night and charge it because I need. It. I went through a whole battery every day, so I needed okay. to charge it. Oh yeah, and I need to use it for my alarm clock. Well, alarm clocks are obsolete right now in our house. <laughs> we get waking up all the time, so um, I just started charging it in the kitchen, like on the counter charger, and. That one thing, like I wake up, you talk about like feeling refreshed after a soul care day. Right. Those two minor adjustments of like on Sundays when we watch the Vikings game or when we spend a family day, have a pizza party. Like those are times where <clears throat> I'm not checking my feeds. I'm not right. responding on, on the phone and I feel liberated. It's such a breath of fresh air. And then especially to the one of like, instead of waking waking up feeling behind or feeling stressed out and anxious and nervous. I I just feel at peace and at rest. So that's just been a little of my journey and I've not arrived. I'm still on my way, but John, we wanted to go um, in a quick direction of five final thoughts in five minutes of just kind of getting to know you, picking your brain and we'll put five minutes on the clock and just ask you five questions. And uh, first one is if you could describe yourself in three words, what would they be?
2: Everyone's biggest cheerleader. I would say I love encouraging people. Um, Love, love to, if you break the word encourage, it really literally means to pour courage into someone. So to help them find the courage to be who God's created them to be. So I love being that for others because I'm so thankful for those voices in my life. So
0: good. All right. Question number two, why do you believe young adult ministry is important?
2: Oh man, I love young adult ministry. Um, I mean, selfishly, because that was such a crucial time in my life. Uh, we didn't have a young adult ministry, but I was in those formative years where I had, it was asking questions. Um, I needed a safe place to ask questions. I needed safe people to share those questions with that would really listen and people that would come alongside of me and help me to wrestle through those in a healthy way. We have to have the right voices in our life in those moments, right? And so I believe that that hasn't changed since I was at that age. I think we still need safe places to wrestle with the questions that we're wrestling with. It's natural and normal for you to be doing that, but you have control over who those voices are that speak into your life and you're sharing those things with. So I think young adult ministry is so crucial um, because it provides a place and a space for you to find the right people to wrestle through those things with and to come alongside of you and to be voices into your life and your journey. So.
1: So encouraging. And I pray that just like that invigorates us. I pray that reminds the listener of why you're doing what you're doing, that you are providing that safe place. You're maybe one of those people that can help answer questions or learn together and and journey together and this keeps us on our toes right here question three is if you could ask micah and i anything what would you ask us today
2: well you guys Mm -hmm. um i love following you know i'm i'm less familiar with you micah Mm -hmm. um and more familiar with josiah but from a distance um i love your guys just passion for the lord and for people it's very evident But I also really respect and admire the way that you guys love each other. And so I I think I'm asking this just as much for the listeners, but how do you cultivate and grow your marriage? I've heard some clues. I mean, you're willing to challenge each other and receive those challenges, Mm -hmm. but how do you continue to cultivate and grow that love for each other?
0: I think definitely one thing that we decided early on, uh, we want to begin, we began our marriage with the end in mind. What legacy do we want to leave behind, whether it's marriage, family, ministry? Um, even on our honeymoon, we kind of mapped that out and planned that out. Like, what is our legacy and what does that mean? And how do we actively invite people in on that journey or have them ask questions like you're asking today? I think a second one is uh, pursuing each other through, um, let's see, weekly weekly date nights. So we take turns planning with the other person in mind. So instead of um, Josiah planning, we were dating like every single week, I was like, you know what, maybe I should start planning one. So we started rotating every other Tuesday, um, thinking what the other person would enjoy. So if it's rock climbing for Josiah, I would say, Hey, we're going to go rock climbing tonight. And then afterwards, we're going to go get a cheesecake. I'll go to the cheesecake factory. So keeping the other person in mind and being intentional about what do they need and how can I love them best while being with them and not take that for granted. So I think those are just two big things that I think of right off the bat. Did I steal your answers? No, you didn't. Okay. No, those are great. I,
2: I did see Josiah's face light up when you mentioned rock climbing though. So <laughs> I think that sounds like a good next date night for him.
1: That, <laughs> I mean, we should do that. We're overdue. Um, we actually have some gift cards from rock climbing. Well, I'm not gonna...
0: pregnant finally. So <laughs> we can go again.
2: There um, you go. <laughs> planned, date night planned.
0: There, there you go. <laughs>
2: yeah,
1: I'd say, you know what? The other thing is... Um, in addition to what you said, Micah, but like, I think we've surrounded ourselves with people who care about our marriage, mm, John. Yeah. Like, I think that there's people that if we have a struggle, we can process with. And there's people, if they found out we were in trouble or if they found out we were struggling or wrestling with something or whether it was we needed help or things were not going well, like they are invested in our marriage mm. and they want it to succeed. Right. And so as- is like we build on Christ, the solid rock, and he's the cornerstone, and mm-hmm. we do date nights, and we do some different things. Um, I think that other piece is like surrounding ourselves with people
2: who care about our marriage and want it to succeed.
0: That's good. Great question.
2: Yeah, I love that. And you guys, what I hear as you both talk is wild intentionality. I've mm-hmm. noticed that from a distance too. You're both wildly intentional. We don't, we can't, have the kind of life and marriage and leadership impact that you guys have without intentionality. You don't just stumble right. upon that. So right. I see a lot of, and hear a lot of wild intentionality that you both have. And I think that's yeah. something we can all learn from you guys.
0: And wow. with intentionality, I will say goes personal self-awareness. You need to be aware of your needs, like his, her, his needs, her needs. There's always a he, she, and a we, when it comes to a couple, but to be able to articulate in love, what you need in those times, the other person is more than willing to bless you or send you out the door whatever you need.
2: <laughs> mm-hmm. oh, that's good. That's
0: so good. That's good. <clears throat> All right, Pastor John, back to you. Question number four, um, would you be willing to tell us an embarrassing moment or epic failure that you may maybe experienced in life or leadership? We ask this because we have so many young listeners tuning in we love to learn from other people's mistakes or we like to laugh together. So whatever direction you want to go, can be serious. It can be funny. It can be embarrassing if you're willing to go there. Oh, I
2: have way too many. I've already mentioned some of my epic failures. Um, I, I really do believe it goes back to you said the awareness piece when it comes to marriage, it comes to self-awareness, knowing who you are and maybe your natural proclivities Mm-hmm. I just wanted to use that word so I could sound smart on your podcast. <laughs> our, our natural uh, proclivities towards certain things. Like I, again, I'm, I'm a hard worker. I run hard. So recognizing that, that maybe that's the way God's created you and being okay with that, but also recognizing where your blind spots are a result of that, right? I can quickly run over people like a steamroller as I'm running really hard and really fast. And then, Recognizing that I might not be as loving as I want to be, Mm -hmm. or as caring, or as noticing I want to be everyone's biggest cheerleader, but I'm not doing a great job of cheering people on because I'm running so hard. So I think being, I think my biggest mistakes have come from not being aware of how I'm affecting other people, or not aware that I'm having the fruits of the spirit come out of me, and that I'm not being the man that I want to be the dad, I want to be the husband, I want to be the leader, I want to be. So uh, my biggest mistakes really have come out of the, the lack of awareness when it comes to those things and really being in tune, listening to good feedback, mm-hmm. having people that I've invited in to tell me those hard things like my wife. So thankful for her. I'm a better leader because of that. So um, we, one of my mentors said it this way, we make right choices by listening to right voices. So the, the mistakes that I've made is being averse to feedback From people because I felt like it was an indictment against me, as opposed to receiving it as a gift, like a wise man versus a fool, like the Proverbs talk about. And when I've received that as a gift, it really has changed my life and my leadership. So a lot of my mistakes and fumbles and bumbles have come from not having, not listening as readily to those voices, including my wife's voice. So I'm thankful that I've learned how to slow down and do at least a little bit better at that.
0: Mm Perfect. Thanks for going there.
1: I love it. I love it. And as we close, we like to just kind of hand you the microphone and picture the room being filled with young leaders, some college pastors, maybe some campus missionaries or young adult pastors. um, And you could give them maybe one piece of advice, one piece of encouragement. What would it be today?
2: Oh, man, I love that question. Uh, Someone asked that recently to me in regards to like, what would you tell your younger self? So that's, that's an easy one. Um, I'm thinking about all of you who are out there that might be listening to this. Uh, the number one piece of advice I would give my younger self is to pursue more mentors, leaders, and right voices in my life from a young age. You have a choice in it. You can begin to pursue, begin to pray. I mentioned that earlier. I actually required of our staff that I lead which is filled with a bunch of young leaders to have three or four mentors in their life at any given time. I mean if you think about it just practically if you had four mentors in your life and you met with each of them once a month right. you'd have one one a week yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So imagine how much better of a leader how much further along you would be if you had someone speaking into your life once a week. Right. And we, you've heard this, the quote, you know, we'll be the same person 10 years from now, except for the books we read and the people that we surround ourselves with. Wow. So when I, when I finally got this principle, I grew further faster in that first period of time when I began to pursue mentors, when I realized the secret sauce was in the pursuit of mentors, listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit, following the voice of the Holy Spirit and pursuing mentors. It was like I got launched out of a slingshot. <laughs> or off a trampoline. I, my leadership grew exponentially because those voices in my life. So I'm gonna be 90 years old, still pursuing mentors. I don't know if at that point, it's not gonna be anyone older than me, of course, but I believe in the principle of reverse mentoring. My pastor has asked me to mentor him. Wow! So he's 15 years older than me. Um, and I am a voice of mentorship in his life. There's somewhat, we have people, I mean, maybe it's the person that's cleaning the toilets where you work. There's something in their life that they're better at than you are. There's something that you can learn from them. And if you take the time, so I think we can learn from everyone. Everyone could be a mentor voice in our life, but really being strategic about what are the areas you want to grow in, finding people who are doing that in, an, in a high level way that you admire and respect, pursuing them. And uh, I just would encourage you to at least pursue and chase after one mentor, but even consider and pray for, for three or four mentors in your life. I So for example, it might be you want to grow in leadership. You want to grow as a communicator. You want to grow in support raising if you're a Chi Alpha missionary. You want to grow in the area of parenting or marriage or relationships. I mean, find people that are a couple steps ahead of you. Take them out to coffee, see what you can learn from them. And if that turns into an incredible meeting where you're like, man, I'm just hungry for more, ask if you can meet with them once a month or every other month and take them out to coffee. And then when you do have that conversation with them again, let them know all the ways that their mentorship has changed your leadership already. And they'll want to spend more time with you, especially if you're buying coffee.
0: (laughs) That's perfect. Well, that's great for the listener. So if you find yourself, like Pastor John said, in a place where nobody is speaking into your life and the loudest voices are coming from social media, which can be a dark and negative place, um, begin to pray that God would bring people, pastors, and individuals you can trust essentially that can uphold you in prayer, that can come alongside you, that can call you out, that can call you up, that can just love you for who you are, but make you a better person in the process. So begin to pray and Yeah. See what God does. So Pastor John, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Thank you guys for having me. You guys are a joy to hang out with and appreciate your voice. And, and even just, I grabbed a couple things from you guys in the marriage advice. So we're going to (laughs) implement some of that. And I know you've been that for all the people that are listening. You're some of those voices that want to help make those around you better. So thank you for being those voices.
0: Absolutely. It's our joy.
2: And
1: if you're wanting those notes, the show notes, we just encourage you, we'll post them on social media as well as in the link of the comments, wherever you're listening. If you're wanting those soul care notes of kind of the soul care days and guides, be sure to check it out. And if you want to find out more about Pastor John Brown and Journey Church, we will have those links as well. But until next time, this is Josiah and Micah signing off with John Brown. Thanks so much. Hey guys, it's Josiah, and before we dive into today's episode, I want to share an exciting update with our Young Adults Today fan. Here's the thing, everything we do with Young Adults Today, whether it's a podcast, books, resources, conference, content, is centered around the heart of Christ and really three things. The first is building relationships that can last a lifetime. The second is creating resources that are useful, and the third is to create rallying points that are catalytic for leaders and ministries to reach the next generation as we make disciples. So we have a prayer and a goal to take everything we're doing to the next level and that is an invitation to you to join our Patreon. Patreon allows you and us to partner together for the kingdom of God and the heart of Christ to grow young adults today. You can find out more and jump on board by visiting patreon.com slash today. Thanks so much and here's for today's episode.